So just run with me for a second, okay? Just for a bit, okay? So there is this theory called peak oil, like peak oil theory, right? And the idea of it, like it's, it's pretty in line with a lot of the things that I say, actually. The idea of it basically is that like after Nixon tied the U.S. dollar, Okay, it's, 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 it's actually twofold. I got to restart here. Again, keep running with me, right? So the idea basically is that like oil production is like on a parabola, right? Or like an arc, right? Upper, upwards like arcing arc, if you, if, you, if you get what I'm trying to say, right? And the idea is basically at, if you look at, at an XY chart, right? This is the idea of it, right? So like at, at zero on X and Y basically is like when you, when you first start like, um, you know, discovering oil, right? Essentially, what will happen is that as you, 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 as you basically develop technologies from utilizing oil, you'll be able to pull out more oil, right? So it's like, it's like a curve, it's like a parabola of oil, oil production, right? So the idea basically is that like you will get to a point at the peaks, so at the precipice of this, of this parabola, right? The concept is that like you will get to a point where you, there's, only, there's a finite amount of oil in the world, therefore you will get to a point where you cannot derive more technology to pull more oil, right? So if you fall energy markets and God help you if you do in your 30, because I do and I should fucking kill myself because I do that. Uh, <laughs> but like uh, uh, energy production has been on an upwards trajectory since like the 60s, if not before that, right? So like that, there was there's always been this concept or this idea that there's always going to be the ability to find more oil and basically pull more oil out of the earth, right? So first it was like you know you had like uh, regular oil reserves in like in the south or the southeast where it was like basically like top level oil. It, it didn't take like any any uh, technology to actually like pull that and utilize it. And then you got to the point where you're utilizing wells like the Guar uh, over in Saudi Arabia, or you have the one in Venezuela, or you have uh, the one in this is the, the Caspian or the Black Sea, the one in Russia, right? Uh, those are like the largest oil reserves. That's like like the second level oil. And then basically the more advanced of oil, uh, more advanced formats of like deriving like oil production or pulling oil from the earth is like fracking or directional drilling right and you know obviously that has a much higher capital uptake it's much more like uh you know affectious to like the environment right so this is the idea that like when you get to fracking you're essentially at the precipice of that oil production like uh peak oil parabola right so run with me for a second here run with me for a second here so okay Imagine like so. The, 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 so imagine this concept to just 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 like I, I need you for a second to hold true that this concept is real, right? So it would make sense then, from like an international relations perspective, why countries in the West, like NATO and whatnot, right, have essentially been matching a lot of their foreign policy in a more aggressive way with military action in regions that have energy or have oil or natural gas, right? So again, I'll say that again. So imagine this. So imagine peak oil, if peak oil, is, if peak oil is real, then you're always basically going to be on the search for more oil. Then it makes sense, like since like, let's say the 60s, right? Or since 1940, after World War II, why the US essentially has been operating um, their military forces in regions that are 
uh, high in like oil reserves or have natural gas, right? So I'm talking like Iran or like, you know, various areas in the Middle East or, you know, parts of Africa or Venezuela or like all of these places where basically you see CIA action or like flat out like invasion. These are oil rich areas, right? So that make, would make sense if the idea here. Um, oh, so, okay, hold on. No, 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 no. I got this. It's not making sense right now. I apologize. I'm also like slightly high. Um, the second part of peak oil, right, is that like essentially when Nixon, right, Richard Nixon tied um, the U.S. dollar to oil production from the gold reserve, right, the value of the U.S. dollar grew with oil production because essentially you had to you basically had not basically you had to ha buy energy in U.S. dollars. And the way the U.S. was able to do this is that they use their military to guarantee that. So if there's any area, right, that had oil, basically they would either use the CIA, the NSA, the, the various state departments or the flat out military to go in their boots on the ground, invade the fucking place, have a regime change. Right. And basically ensure that there would be like have um, uh, um, that country essentially trade energy in U.S. dollars, right? Because that's what allowed the growth of the U.S. dollar, right? And allowed for a lot of wealth to happen within the U.S. itself, right? So that would make sense, right? So if you look at a lot of things that are happening right now, um, like in 2022, and you believe in peak oil, some things would sort of make sense to you, right? Okay, a couple of things. So, um, like, the U.S. is opposing force if you are like a fan or are, you know, uh, if you are knowledgeable in the field of political science, you understand like the idea of like um, a bipolar, like a, a bipolar system. So a bipolar system is essentially one where you have two great powers and they're essentially able to keep peace because, you know, you have subsidiary countries that follow those great powers. And this is concept of mutually assured destruction. So nobody's actually going to fucking like nuke each other. So it's all good to go. Right. So that's the idea. Like, so there's a school of thought that says we live in a bipolar system. There's also a school of thought, obviously, that says that we live in a unipolar system and, and the school of thought in the unipolar system so so in the by sort of reference for a second in the bipolar system the two major powers would be the u.s and russia or before it was the ussr right um in the unipolar system right the idea is that the u.s is the world power and like they lead everything and everyone follows from them right so um but in reality what happens in international relations is that they are opposing forces so generally uh, Russia, like for a myriad of historic reasons, mostly because like they are the, so the former Soviet Union, they were the USSR, there's the whole history of the Cold War. Um, they're generally in opposition, right, of the US, NATO forces, and the West in general, right? So like I could, uh, you could bring up various events, like, um, you know, all the various, well, no, 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 um, I'll put it like this. The Cold War never really ended. It just basically continued into proxy wars of other countries. So basically, like, Russia and the U.S. never really stopped, like, directly going at each other, right? Um, that's actually why you hear state departments in the U.S., whether it be, like, Republican or Democratic, outside of, like, Donald Trump, right? Um, mention, like, that they hate Russia, right? Because in the reality... We have not left the Cold War. It's just we operate in proxy wars in countries like Iraq, in countries like Afghanistan, in countries like Syria, in countries like uh, uh, Darfur, uh, sorry, Sudan, I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, you know so, or Somalia, or all, all these places, right? So, um, yeah, so like, uh, so the, Russia generally is an opposition of what the US wants to happen. So, um, and I know I'm hopping a lot of places here. So again, I hope you're, I hope you're running with me. I hope you're running with me. So, okay. 
I'm going to so we're gonna we're gonna backtrack for a second to Syria, right? So um, Syria, I had a theory in undergrad, right? So like my my I I had a theory that the whole conflict in Syria was happening essentially because of two conflicting uh, pipelines, right? So um, all of so so it's two yes two. Let's, I have to explain this in a, in a linear manner. Um, so it was two conflicting bi- pipelines. One was backed by Russia, Iran, uh, partially like no, no. I'll say Russia, Iran, and uh, the Assad regime in Syria, and the other pipeline was basically backed by Saudi Arabia and Israel. Right. Um, the idea is that both of them needed to get a pipeline to get energy to the European market. Right. Um, and they basically this pipeline had to go through Syria. So that's why, in my opinion, like that's why the conflict happened. Um, and you had like op- 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 opposition forces basically operate in a proxy war by funding different rebels and flat out terrorist groups and da 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 da. All this shit happened. Um, essentially, this was because they needed to develop a pipeline to the European market. Okay, all right. Stop hold for a second. Go back to what I was trying to say about pe- about peak oil theories. Um, <clears throat> so the parabola. So we got to. We are at the precipice of of, of energy production. Right. So. The issue with that, right, is that if you're cognizant that like, okay, well, we cannot produce more energy, right? However, like Europe still has great demand for energy. So if, and they're purchasing the majority of it, like, you know, from areas that are supporting the concept of an energy trade that is sponsored by the US, which, which basically uses US dollars, right? The issue is, right, if US and if, if areas that are energy rich that essentially have US military assets in them right um basically are producing less energy there's going to be like a higher demand for energy right so this is happening in the european market and this is why there was an incentive for saudi arabia and russia to get a pipeline to europe because like if you believe the peak oil theory they understood that there's going to be a demand for energy specifically in the in the european market right and like i would expand on that by saying um logistically it's because areas that are already oil rich although they can't produce oil uh as as much as they used to they still have they still have a substantial reserve that they can use domestically right um so uh whereas whereas like europe doesn't right like i think there's areas in europe where like that have like natural gas or some shit but like it's not an energy rich area um so like uh anyhow so that's why the pipelines needed to happen um anyhow so like because these pipelines so okay because the, because the western pipeline was not being was not able to be established if, if you're still following the peak oil theory right because that pipeline was not able to be established right europe is not able to meet its energy demands right that's causing a whole myriad of issues in europe right so energy prices are increasing that increases the cost of like a barrel of oil the increase of cost of a barrel of oil uh has a myriad effects on a, a lot of things because basically it incre- increased costs of general production so er- er- like energy goes into everything right manufacturing of like everything across the board like every asset class you can think is sort of touched by energy right so when energy increases everything gets more expensive right um, which is problematic when you consider we're already in an inflationary environment, right? All right, so like basically everyone after after COVID has been printing a lot of money. Interest rates are pretty low, right? There's a lot of supply of capital 
in each domestic in each respective domestic economy, which means the actual value of the dollars going down, and which means the rate of inflation is going up, right? So if energy starts to increase, right, because Europe has a higher demand and it increases the cost of a barrel, um, every economy, from my understanding, utilizes at least the cost of gas in their CPI. So you'd start seeing a real reflection of inflation. Like, so like governments would not be, like, so like, like Canada wouldn't be able to say, oh, we have 4.8% um, inflation when we're probably closer to like 15%, not, if not more. Because when energy starts increasing and the cost of gas increases, which means the real inflation is actually going to start rearing its head, right? And in that scenario, right, you have to increase interest rates, which is immensely impo- unpopular, right? For a myriad of reasons, basically increasing interest rates means the cost of your debt, servicing your debt increases and the cost of borrowing also increases too. So that sucks because basically you can't fucking like it, it's, it sucks for the economy because it's hard for uh, startups to basically do anything because you can't borrow money. Right. And people don't have money. Right. So um, so like it's a shitty fucking scenario. Um, yeah. Again, going back to peak oil then. This would also make sense because if there's less production of energy, there's going to be less demand for the US dollar as they're also pumping immense amounts of dollars. Like the the, the M1 money supply has increased like to like phenomenal. The, the graph is ridiculous. It looks like it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a literal J curve, right? Um, so we're looking at like, if you're, if you're a believer in the peak oil theory, right? We're looking at a scenario of like hyperinflation, right? Cause like, and for, for governments to be able to deal with that, they're going to need to increase interest rates, which is going to be hugely unpopular again, not only because it's going to stagnate everything, but also because a lot of the public's going to start realizing, oh, Hey, you didn't need to in- decrease interest rates this much. You didn't need to borrow as much as you did for because basically there's a whole concept of COVID right now. Well, I don't know. I think people are still in between, but like, I think we weren't able to go into an- another lockdown right now because the public obviously can't stomach that. And um, I think if the public were to realize how fucked we are economically because of the lockdowns, which there is some debate as to how necessary they were, uh, but I will say once we see how fucked we are. <laughs> in terms of high like inflation rates and like going to the grocery store and not being able to have any first of all it's gonna be supply chains or shit's not gonna be anything in the grocery store and then when there is it's gonna be mad expensive right so at that point we're not gonna give a fuck about covid right <laughs> so um yeah i think that's sort of why maybe possibly you're seeing an increase in authoritarianism um across like governments right because they need to like be prepared for the oncoming extremely unpopular decision they're going to have to make and there's a lot of caveats to this i haven't really touched on too right like the the like like it depends on which which country increases their interest rates first right like if china increases their interest rates first everyone's fucked immediately right because we purchase everything from china Right. So basically, it's like if we get into a scenario where everyone's currency goes to shit, credit becomes extremely important. Right. And if 
like the whole supply chain is still like attached to China because China produces everything, they will dictate your credit. Oh shit. So it would make sense as a government for you to be positioning yourself to operate in a way that is cohesive to how the CCP operates because then it would effectively benefit your credit and allow you to continue your economy and from a governmental perspective maintain like not being killed by your people like not having a fucking civil war because if China says you're good to go they can give you credit and you can still get shit come to come coming into your economy if China doesn't like you you're not getting shit and that will cause immense civil dissent because covid has caused immense civil division <laughs> so I think we're primed for an interesting time. Um, if you believe peak oil and all of the shit I've been saying. Again, I appreciate you running with me. I'm not saying any shit is happening. You know, I'm trying to say this is just a, like this is a theory, hypotheticals. We're just saying, you know what I mean? But if you run with me, hypothetically, that's a really that's a, that's a, that's a really bad time. It's a really bad time. <laughs>